Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about, time for Mortgage Matters. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Those sticking around for Motor Mouse, welcome. Thank you. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Jason. Good, good morning, Dan. Good morning. How are you guys doing? So great. Yeah? Awesome. Yeah. Very great. Very. Excellent. It's uh Dan is already are already studying up for the show. No, he's like, not. Oh. That's like Oh yeah, he's apparently not. What is he? It's just pleasure oh. reading. He's pleasure reading. Okay. So used to not having to talk. <laughs> Sitting here reading an article about the local housing market. What does it say? I'm just starting it and then I got the <laughs> Okay, I'll the keep talking. I'll keep talking. You read the article and then you chime in in a minute with that. Do we just got called the peanut gallery? You're supposed to do the research before you uh fire up the microphone. I wasn't planning on talking about this. Oh, okay. This is new. Did you did you have time this week to look at that uh economic and market forecast outlook? No, I did not. Yeah, I didn't really either. That is the the most recent one, or I know there's one upcoming in November. It's, this one. They seem to happen two to four times a year. October eighth. Okay. Leslie Appleton Young. Uh, maybe that's a different. Yeah, you're. I'm thinking of the. Is it Beacon Economics or something like that? They do the Central Coast Economic Forecast. Yeah. There's a couple guys that it's consistently them presenting. Yeah, this that's one's the, one the this one's California Association of Realtors. Oh, oh. Okay. Leslie Appleton Young, who's the chief economist for um California Association. I was lucky enough to get my hands on it, but uh not lucky enough to find time to really read yet. See uh feeling kind of folly out there. It is. It's actually a, it's a seasonal appropriate temperature outside. It seemed like it, huh? <laughs> it's been so hot for so long where it shouldn't be. And yeah, finally, a little bit of winter. Might or even fall, get some yeah. rain this week. I heard uh, John Lindsay says maybe uh, Wednesday. That'd be exciting. I have heard that, actually. That'd be real fun. Mm-hmm. That'd be great, actually. When I was a kid, I remember that uh, Halloween usually brought like the first of the winter storms. And, you know, then what, since about five years ago, we decided to stop having winter storms. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> least, we don't need those anymore. At least we're not in Austin where they're um, projected to get like five to 10 inches of rain last night. You know, you see those kinds of storms is like, it's really too bad. There's no way they can pipe that water over to California. It's all just running off. I think it's our water. Yeah. It's like, it just missed its landing spot. <laughs> it's well, no, it. it's like evaporating up from here, oh. and then it blows over there and just dumps there because they really need like another couple feet of rain. Yeah, since they've had like ten years worth of rain in a year. Yeah, who knows? 
I don't know. Almost doesn't the weather almost feel like kind of a um, almost like a sci-fi show or something though? Like it's just it's, it's weird, weird. Mm-hmm. extreme in and, places. And, and you just see about Mexico getting the worst yeah. hurricane they've had in like forever. We're about to have like a some yeah. kind of like a Mother Nature Armageddon. Yeah, I think so. Hopefully, we, hopefully we get some. Something. So here's your job then: figure out something we can sell. Related to that. That's what we need to do. So water cisterns for when we have the next <laughs> drought. Yeah, I was thinking something closer to like something fear. Oh, fear. you know, like we'll start selling like some sort of automatic raft that's like hooked to your second oh, story balcony. Some sort you of just like, like emergency preparedness kind of thing. Well, yeah, you, you just know, hang like it over the railing. And then when the water level hits your second story balcony, your raft inflates and you just hop we in an, it. We got an idea here. It just came to my mind. Okay. Yeah. You know, awnings for the second floor that turn into rafts. Perfect. All right. There Get it in. is. That that that's gonna be our invention here, mm-hmm. Jason. Yeah. All right. Did that. Now what do you want to do? Have you ever done when you lived in Los Osos, did you ever do the um the Halloween thing that they do at the middle school, the middle school. Yeah. It, they did. They do something. Yeah. Like kind of like a, it's like a haunted house. Type yeah. Like thing. a haunted house or maze. Yeah. Kind of thing. Did you ever do that with your kids? Yeah. It's a fun, fun, lots of fun. Okay. Yeah. I think it changes a little bit every year. Um, uh, the I'm thinking about doing that, the tonight. biggest draw in all of Los Osos though, for this fall season though, is that fall, they call it trunk or treating over at the. Oh man, let me think. What's the the f- coming from Morro Bay? What's the first stoplight? San Jacinto. Coming from Morro Bay. San Isabel. I haven't been in Los Osos the in first so long. Stoplight where? What are you talking coming about? Coming from Morro Bay to Los Osos on South Bay. On South Bay. Pass a little Golden Bear, come up to the stoplight. Oh, it's just that Santa Isabel. Okay. Yeah. The corner of Santa Isabel then in South Bay is the Nazarene Church, and they do right. their fall harvest festival thing with all that. That's what you want to do with your kids. When is that? Like Halloween. Yeah. Good times. Well, the middle school one's tonight. Oh. 7 o'clock. We'll do that tonight then. Yeah, and then next week you do the other thing. Jim loves his Halloween music. <laughs> I, I might get to play Monster Mash. Then on, you're man. just tickled pink. I'm going to use it. Nice. <laughs> Dressing the kids up and everything? Yeah. Yeah. What are they going to be? Um, we've got a family theme this year. Uh-oh. We're going to be Winnie the Poohs. Well, Winnie the Pooh people. Everyone? I'm going to be Tigger. Wow, you'll make a great Tigger. I think so, too. Why do I feel like I've seen you in a Tigger suit before? You haven't, but I have a good one. It's just that natural. You, <laughs> you said probably. it, and I'm like, huh, <laughs> you have one? I think it fits the personality. <laughs> yeah, you'll see it. You'll see it. Don't worry. I do have a Tigger suit. Have you been working on your Tigger impressions then, too? Oh, dude, I, I can do all the voices. <laughs> okay, so we got to. I t- won't do them here. No, then <laughs> you, you shouldn't. And what else? Do we got Tigger, and what else? Um, I can do some good Mickey voices. Okay. Like the Disney characters, not Mickey. Mickey's not my specialty. <laughs> means, I'm probably best at Goofy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You're, oh, okay. You already <laughs> evoked a phone call here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got Bonnie calling from Cayucas. 
Good morning. Hi, guys. Good morning. You know, I just want to mention to you, you talked about the Nazarene Church over there for the kids for Halloween. Yeah. For the last few years, I've been taking my grandson. It is the best. It really is. They have a lot of fun, and it doesn't cost the kids, and they have jump houses and all kinds of stuff for them. So, you know, if a family wants to go and have a really good time with their babies, that's where to go. And is that is it on a Halloween the day you of know, or the evening of? Yes, I yeah, think it typically. Is. Okay, yep. but they do some bounce houses and lots yeah, of little games and stuff, and it's really great. And the trunk or treat is fun for the kids yep. because they all line up with their trunks to the back, you know, all opened. But the trunks are all decorated like Halloween stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's an so awesome. I just wanted to mention thing. that because I think that's a really good place. You know, it's hard for kids to be out on the street anymore. It really yep. is, yeah. You know, but that's a great place. So Thank I'll let you go. I okay. just wanted Thank you to know. Thank you, Bonnie. Thanks for the uh-huh. call. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. It's good when you have little kids because they can, as you well know, you turn around and they were right there and they're gone. Yeah, right. That place is like pretty, it's well lit and, and harder to lose a kid. And, and you know, not every, you're not having to cross streets and walk around in the dark, which I think is smart. So, yeah, um, man, you were just about to give us the rundown of all of your impressions. (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear them. Yeah. Yeah. Someday. All right. (laughs) Someday. Probably not not today. today. (laughs) Probably not today. Today, not looking good. Uh, That's fun. I'm not. I'm not dressing up. You're not? No. Come on. I'm just, I'm not that into Halloween. I mean, I don't know. I guess I get accused, though, of not being that into all of the things. The things? You mean holidays? Kind of, <laughs> yeah. Like St. Patrick's Day, I don't care about cooking corned beef. and. Uh, see, I like doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. I just, I'm like, whatever. I'm... What's breaks from the monotony you? of... Yeah, I see a lot of all that stuff. Of life. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, especially Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving's Thanksgiving great. My I don't eat I turkey really, but I love Thanksgiving. Yeah. I don't like turkey. You yeah. want You should come over for for Thanksgiving this year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Sounds you like try your life. great turkey. You yeah. cook it upside down to keep the breasts moist. Um, no, I don't. But they stay moist. Oh, okay. In a bag? No. Wow, this guy's like some kind to, of turkey cowboy over here. You just have to baste <laughs> it. Yeah. You keep basting it, and that's yeah, the problem. As long as you do it. But if you're basting it, you're constantly opening the oven and letting your hot air out. It's all part of the ritual. It's yeah. See, I'm more of a I'm more of a barbecuer. It's a great day. I'm a barbecuer, and I'll tell you the rule about barbecuing, especially when you're cooking on wood. It's if you looking, you ain't cooking. So you guys that keep looking, opening up, squirting things. I'm not sitting there (laughs) watching it. I'm doing my job, which is to baste it, keeping it moist. That's right. I actually did barbecue a turkey one year, and that actually turned oh, that? out really wow. good. It takes forever. So I've got a new. It was good. A new addition to the barbecue family at my house. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, a, it's an oil, an old oil drum that's been welded and modified, and and now it's like a smoker. Oh, um, it's really cool. Nice. Yeah. I thought Dan was going to be one of the house guys blowing the house up with a deep deep fryer. No. <laughs> my wife's <laughs> uncle did that. <laughs> Someone was trying to convince me of doing that, and that's... He know. burned a hole through the bottom of the uh, pot of oil. Oh, no, 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 no. That was a different one. 
This particular one was, you know, you're supposed to put the turkey in the pot and fill the oil to the mark and then take the turkey out of the pot, right? And then you heat the oil up and then you uh, put the turkey back right. in. So you don't overflow it. So you know how much uh, displacement your turkey will yeah. cause. Well, these guys didn't want to get the turkey oily because it was so pretty. It was buttered with rosemary and all of the, you know, salt and pepper. They'd massaged it. Uh Um, And so they just said, hey, we'll just do a little bit less oil and then kind of top it off once the turkey's Mm -hmm. in there. Mm -hmm. So, well, I think that's the critical misstep right there. The reason they want the turkey in there first, oil's highly flammable. Uh, You have a burner. You did, you've never done this before. It's extremely hot. Call me silly, but, you know, I'll just – that's my two cents. I'm going to go over here and have another beer. I mean, and the next the thing you know – going to get oily anyway, right? They put this thing in there, and they misjudged it by about three gallons. <laughs> all over the place. And even the oil that made it into the pools, like, burning on top yeah. of the pool, it was – it was pretty wild. Yeah, turkey oil is really, really hot. Yeah, when you're when you boil it over yeah. fire. Yeah, yeah, it's real hot. <laughs> so be um, careful with that. You know, it might be a kind of fun to have your state farm person in here, the person that advertises, <laughs> and just see how many claims she's got to pay out because of people doing the turkey the wrong way. Yeah, mm. danger or letting the Christmas tree dry out. Mm at christmas but anyway it just you know how much they have to pay out over people doing their turkey dinner wrong but yeah right. it's probably cost some money yeah. electric carving knife accidents <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right well we successfully <laughs> wasted that we talk about mortgages completely <laughs> what are we talking about mortgages today i don't know is that what we do here uh, something huh <laughs> Well, we missed you last week, Dan. Yeah, was that yeah. exciting? Um, I mean, it was great. I always feel bad when I say I missed you, like the people that were here weren't sufficient or something. Well, you know, been doing this for a while. Yeah, pretty good at it. It's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> can't exactly expect an amateur to fill a professional's role. Uh, but yeah, we had Mike in, and Mike brought in some folks from um, Placer Title. That's how you say it, right? Uh, yeah. Placer. It's not placer. Is that, is that I what just want to say placer. It's place with an R on the end of it. Mm. It's placer. Is it phonetically placer, though? I mean, placer. I got to go study my reading rules. Placer. Anyway, placer title. I'm trying to do a better <laughs> job. It's actually cool. We actually had to put Jason over in the next room. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. no, dude. I went over there, and I hardly said anything. Mm-hmm. I was staring at the back of somebody's well, head. Yeah, I wouldn't say hardly said anything. <laughs> you'll have to you'll have to hear it back. I mean, I walked out of here. I I I felt like I didn't even talk. Um, Did you learn a lot? Uh, no, not not so much. You knew it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty familiar with title and escrow. But surely all the the changes, the trid changes, have impacted there. But I know escrow has been one of the biggest entities in our business that's freaked out about the disclosure changes yeah i do i think it changed a lot for them and um so much so that they're really using two different platforms now depending on whether you're doing an escrow through the old kind of good faith system or if you're doing one of the new escrows through the trid system um by the way 
we're already getting close to having some of our very first newly done trid loans get funded. Oh, cool. Yeah. And um, did the I, sky fall while doing them? Not even a little bit. In fact, um, as I'm, I can tell you're shocked, but uh, as previously experienced with other big shakeups like this, it was actually a lot less eventful than uh, we thought it was going to be. I was reading just this morning, there was a mortgage company back east that was boasting they did their, um, closed their first trid loan in eight days. It's impossible. It's not. Really? It's, it's just not. Wow. I mean, it, that's fast. That is. That's good. You have to have a really motivated borrower and a staff that's like trying to set a record, basically. But uh, yeah, so the trid thing's been going okay, and I'll tell you what, business has been picking up. It's been strange for the last few years that the fourth quarter um, of the year seems to be the time where folks are trying to dust it off and and get their financing stuff done. Um, this week, interest rates again traded in the the pretty tight little range. You know we're seeing stuff at three and three quarters, three and seven eighths, four percent is oftentimes a, a no cost deal, depending on the type of uh, loan that you're doing. But really low. There's lots going on. Um, everybody continues to wait and see what the Feds are going to do here with interest rates. We're worried about this global recession, but. Um, we're, we're cooking along. Um, and this week we got to read about housing. Actually, we got a few different housing numbers that we're going to talk about today. We also got some bank earnings this week. I don't know if you dove into those yet, but that's fun. Um, and then also in the show here today, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, FHA and what's been going on over there since they, uh, cut the mortgage insurance premium so low. Um, and have been gobbling up market share. So, yeah, let's go ahead and do the first commercial break here. And uh, when we get back, we'll dive into some of these housing numbers here. So stick around after this first break for more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. 
Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543 Loan. Just call 543 Loan. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. My monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the match. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a You're really getting it all in, Jim. And you know, today's the 24th, which I think makes next Saturday Halloween. It sure does. Oh, we have a Halloween show. So this you're going to have a whole Halloween show to do all this. You're really getting it in two times. Oh, I'm going to. All right. Yeah, believe me. <laughs> there's a whole, there's a bunch of them, huh? Um, Yeah, I'll find some. Yeah. Uh, there's Thriller, there's Monster Mash, there's... Uh, Witchy Woman. Yeah, there you go. We, yeah. I've got uh, the Monster... Oh, yeah, that would work. Yeah. I was thinking of... Adam's uh, Family theme, Monster's theme. Yeah, there's quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I was thinking you should play that song that's like from the 80s, the one, or maybe, yeah, 80s, I think. Thriller? The Dead Man's Party. Oh, Dead Man's Party is a good one. Yeah. Oingo Boingo. Yeah. Uh-huh. Awesome. I feel it's Halloween-y. I would put that in my Halloween mix if I was oh, like definitely. setting up my iPod with a playlist. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. We're Who does that anymore, <laughs> huh? We're going to hear it all next weekend. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, if I was see, loading MP3s onto my hooking iPod. People, we're hooking people into listening next week. Yeah, oh, yeah. All They're going to hear all, all that. <clears throat> It is. Well, I'm pretty sure everyone's so captivated now, they'll keep listening just to see what you do later on this show. <laughs> you know? See if they do get the, yeah, some kind of Herman Munster thing or something. Oh, we, okay, now you're, you're pushing the fact that we're going to have to play the Munsters after the next break. Hey. I wish you'd have left that to be a little, little why don't you just fit it in somewhere? Let's not necessarily do that next time. Hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, housing numbers are around. Learning a little bit about housing starts, existing home sales, and then the uh, some home price index. So we get a little bit of reading here. Oh, and what did you? Uh, no, I'm just. Oh, you're just just alerting me that you're ready. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, let's see. Which end here do we start with? Uh, here. Let's start here. Um, let's just start. Let's just start here with existing home sales, since the rest of these um, kind of yeah, that's the right that's the right way to start right here. 
September existing home sales. So these are homes that are, what are you laughing at? You're smooth, man. You're smooth today. Yeah, right? (laughs) Just thinking out loud. Like Sam Smith. Uh, All right. Existing home sales for the month of September. These are uh, existing homes, so they're not new. They've been previously lived in. Um, Those stats are kept separate so that we have a good gauge of what out of the normal inventory is churning base, you know, separate from what is being introduced as new construction. So if you recall, um, August numbers were uh, not very good. Um, In fact, it was described as a sharp drop. Um, And, so for September, it's nice to see that we had the second highest pace in eight years of existing homes selling. Um, it did kind of restore a little bit of confidence after August, which was weird, but also August sales were revised down. Um, so even a little bit worse there. It makes it makes August look like a, a little bit of a blip, but... Um, you know, bottom line is we had a real good reading this time, which makes us think that essentially there's a, enough existing homes being sold that there's no worry in that segment of the market. Those um, are numbers of sales, right? Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly enough, the August numbers for our local market, numbers of units sold was up 12.2% mm. in our local market. Crazy. While the national number was negative 5% or whatever it was. Yeah. Did your, does that article that you have say what September was or is that too no, recent? No. Yeah. It's the, it seems like whenever I'm looking for the local data, it, it's, there's a bigger lag. It lags about a week or two behind the national. Yeah. And I don't know why that is. Well, I mean, you got to have probably just smaller staffs preparing it. So more to churn through. And, uh, well, that, that's interesting. Bucking the national trend, as always, San Luis Obispo County. Um, the the next little piece here of the uh, housing set of data this week is um, FHFA housing price index for the month of August. And this one shows that home prices rose slightly less than expected. The economist forecasts... Um, 0.5% home price gain for the month of August, and it came out to um, 0.3% gain. Wow. And that's the year-over-year number. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So is that bad? I mean, if it's you're... Pr- I mean, that's radically different from what we've been seeing. I feel like that's the first year-over-year reading we've had in a nearly a decade, or I don't know, I mean, a long time where... It's not, you know, 8, 10, 12, 20, 30% appreciation. Well, I mean, this is just for the month, though. So I think you have to annualize that figure. So if you take 0.3% growth for the month itself and you said that number was annualized, to me, that means that you're somewhere around 4.2% annual appreciation rate. But it's just comparing August to August. So that is the annual change. Hmm. So here, what we have locally for August was a change in the median home price from 440000 to 470000 which was a, an increase of nearly 7% here locally. 
once again bucking the national trend. Yeah. Interesting, though, that the national trend has slowed so significantly. Seven percent still, though, is beyond what real estate agents would suggest is healthy. You know, the the target range is three to five percent. So when you're above that, you know, and we're close to it. So I I wouldn't say that it's alarming, but. Well, and it's it's easing slowly, whereas this national number seems like it was easing and all of a sudden has fallen down to flat. I'll have to poke farther into that, but I think really what this means is that annually it's suggesting that in the the I think this is a month over month change. It's got to be, it's which means be. that annually you it suggests that you're on a pace for like a four to you know four and a quarter that type of pace. Sense. Yeah, point three percent for annual doesn't seem. Yeah, um, so interestingly enough, though things are still doing okay. You know, we keep seeing all this stuff in the economy. Got to kind of start to wonder, does it affect real estate very much? And so far, it doesn't really seem to. Um, We also got this last week, um, housing starts and building permits for the month of September. Um, You probably won't be too surprised to hear this, but uh, those numbers were extremely strong. Housing starts, well, really starts better than permits, but housing starts rose to 6.5% or rose 6.5% to 1.207 million units a year, which is, um, you know, that's a lot. I mean, this is the second time in 2015 that total new housing starts topped 1.2 million. That's a real big number. And and ultimately, it doesn't surprise us too much. Uh, and by the way, this is the first time that we've had two months of 1.2 million since 07. So it's it's kind of starting to suggest that we may be turning the corner even here on the housing starts number that we're officially going to be back to building you know, at least at a better clip than what we've built at since this recession began. What do you think about that? That's exciting. I mean, we talk about this a lot on the show. Uh, what does an economy that's building homes add? A lot of jobs and also a lot of good, um, you know, industry lift too, right? Hey, man, you're on the air and you're dialing numbers. <laughs> yeah, my control room just went blank. That's not very good. Ah, Uh-oh. <laughs> What's the control room? Is that the room we're in? Is this a blank room now? So I got to get the people on the phone here. All right. Well, I was talking about what happens in an economy where you're building houses. But think about it. How much industry is it? If you just want to go look at things that are sold, I mean, the materials... Everything that goes into it from nails to shingles and then in the end, cute little doilies to lay over freshly bought furniture. I mean, I it, mean arguably it really impacts everything. Yeah, it totally does. Last yeah. week, though, you weren't here. We got a phone call. I forget who was it called. Essentially to make the point that housing used to be kind of just a necessary part of the economy that wasn't the whole focus of the economy. And now anymore, it is the economy. And... I got to say, it feels that way to me. I mean, I'm just looking around this room. Granted, this isn't housing necessarily, but I mean, there's all these things that, I mean, this foam that 
that soundproofs this room, you might not be buying it if there wasn't some building going on. This is still a structure that needs to be yeah. built by people. There's all these things that, you know. Be look at the look at the process of what building and, and housing more specifically what industry I mean it, it goes from everywhere from planners to architects to draftsmen you got laborers graders electricians plumbers you know real estate agents escrow officers loan officers I mean it's just almost everything that you can think of is somehow touched or affected by housing you know obviously I think the other the other part of it that isn't so housing related, I guess, is probably things related to healthcare. But it seems to me that it, it's so significant. So when you see stats like this, that we're building houses um, at really what needs to be seen as, you know, recession high record paces, it, this is really good news. I think it means a lot. Um, and I wish it was talked about a little bit more, that people got a little bit more psyched about it. The National Association of Home Builders releases their little housing market index to talk about builder confidence. And according to their read for the month of September, home builder confidence is now at a 10-year high. So that's pretty cool. I mean, because for the last couple of years, as we started to see gains in, in permits and then later housing starts and now getting a good gauge of new home sales, it wasn't always that these builders were super confident. Many of them hovered around, You would they would release these sentiment numbers and many of them were like, uh, the best we could describe this is cautiously optimistic. And now you're seeing that these guys are confident. They feel like they can put a project together, get it to market for a profit and sell it, you know, in a way that is good for their business that the risk there is you know and every time homes go up a little bit in value it's it's that rising tide lifts all boats right it makes it possible for these guys to get out and and get work done and be confident about their ability to do work well in in the last 12 months in the state of california construction the construction industry has seen some of the highest job growth in the state here i'm you, you spoke earlier of that economic forecast. It looked back at the past 12 months of job gains in California. Construction was up 6.4%, second only to professional science and technical services. That's, I mean, that's, and we're talking hundreds of thousands of jobs added with a good <clears throat> chunk of that being in construction. So I see why they're feeling good. There's hiring going on. There's more activity than probably in the last 10 years or so and and anyone in that industry is feeling good a lot of demand i still in these articles i read about the um this home builder confidence report plenty of folks are saying hey we still need to see what october says before we get too excited here and you know i don't know I'm, i feel like it's it's just getting to a point where it's been good enough for long enough that it's time to just accept that construction is officially on the mend now and, and doing its part in the economy, which I think is really good news. So let's see, does that round out all of my housing stuff? We did home sales, we did home price index, housing starts and building permits. Um, building permits, by the way, the second part of that duo 
I didn't mean to totally blow past it, but um, the permits part is, I think, the fly in the ointment. Down um, 0.5. Is it 0.5 or 5? Hang on. Wrong screen. I think it's down 5% from the previous period. Yeah, 5 whole percent. So permits are sort of an indicator of starts, right? I mean, as we well know, in this highly regulated world we live in today, if you intend to build something, you're going to have a permit for it. And so when you see permits lag a little bit like this, um, that's not great. So housing starts were up 6.5%, largely driven by uh, apartments. And then the actual permit polling was down 5%. Um, that's kind of common, by the way. Because in the previous period, if somebody took out a ton of permits for a huge apartment complex or you know a couple big home tracks hit the dirt or something, the, those, those things can kind of skew numbers. Um, the, the single family numbers are an awful lot. Lost let. Bert? Back up. Can you can you back me up? Wait, this was live, huh? Yeah, I can I can reverse that audio. A lot less <laughs> volatile. I don't know why I had so trouble so much trouble saying that. <laughs> I need more coffee. It just dawned on me that I'm not even halfway through my coffee. Uh -huh. Why don't you take a sip of coffee and we will go to the phone lines. We'll talk to Marilyn. Good morning, Marilyn. Good morning. Too many L's in there. Mm. There are. <laughs> Get all um, tongue twice. I heard a show the other day, and they were anticipating what will be happening in the future as far as job opportunities and those that will be lessened, you know, laying off people. They were using ro robotics <clears throat> for a lot of things. But one thing that they said they couldn't really substitute uh, was the construction industry that that would not go into? Well, robotics. thank God for that. Yeah, so I just thought I'd tell you that little tidbit, and you can comment on it. All right, thanks for the phone call, Marilyn. Thanks for oh, listening. You're welcome. Bye. Unless we switch over to like mainly like uh, modular homes, right? Where like your your wall maybe gets assembled in a factory and then shows up as like this is the wall you just stand up and bolt down to the sill plate yeah but i can't remove even see some that. of the labor part of it because like your wall has to go in exactly the right place then you have to carry the sink in and you have to carry in you know all these different things that have to go yeah. in well i'm thinking of the programming that would go into you know programming um, a Maybe they just. I, I'm thinking of the scenario where, yeah. like, your pipe breaks under your kitchen sink, and getting a robot yeah. to like show its plumber's crack and, <laughs> and wedge its wow. way under there, yeah, and funny. you know, fix yeah. something. I, I just don't. That's that's some challenging programming. Yeah, I was picturing something like a a big building on wheels that was like able to 3D print homes. Yeah. Just pull up and start printing them. Can you see a robot up on the you know like the 20th story of a high rise? out there walking along a beam putting in new steel i-beams and stuff like that that'd be crazy yeah probably better to risk a robot than a person well, yeah those guys that do that i just yeah there's no way i could do that job yeah, yeah there's a movie coming out right now about some tight walker tightrope walker dude yeah 
I will not watch that. No. That's just that's, stressful stuff, that scares, man. That scares me watching that. Promo. Yeah. I feel my heart racing. Yeah. That's some scary stuff. We've talked about this with the trades before, though. It's not, you know, those aren't jobs that can be outsourced and be done from a foreign country. It's like when you need someone to work on your home or your car or whatever trade you need done, it's not something you can just... I mean, it's it's something we need. You need it now. You need it here. It needs to be here, yeah. I think, most importantly. And no it, matter what it is, you, you need to be able to have local people around that have the ability to, to build or repair the thing that you need or broke. And there has um. to be the ability to, to conduct the human-to-human -human interaction to understand what the problem is, what the expectations are, what the cost yeah. is. And then you have to have the skills to be able to fix it, the ability to be able to adapt mm. to Un unexpected situations. It's you think mortgages are going the way of the robot? Honestly, I don't think it's far off. I think more and more you see like the the online application. The more people get comfortable with putting all their information online, then yeah, I see it more and more becoming more automated. There's still some elements that simply can't be. I think. Well, there's and there's the unintended stuff too. I mean, do you see a robot going into a local restaurant and spending money to buy dinner? No. And doing the economic I don't stuff. I mean, so there's the unintended consequences too of switching to robotics. Yeah, I just going back to that like mortgage thing real quick because this is an example that we can make that you know kind of drives home the point here though, but. Think about the value that, you know, like our little tagline about being the mortgage experts, there's a real value to that. And even if you're um, just so simply, you're looking at what your different options are, there's something about the, the way that the human mind, you know, when specially trained like this can sort of rationalize, not only understanding what are the guidelines that you may or may not be following? What programs then are available to you? Which use of which program is going to be the right way to go? And then at the very end of this thing, it's not only that, but the different cost structures and being able to analyze which is going to be the smartest thing for somebody. You know, do you do the lower rate and pay a few thousand dollars in closing costs or do the higher rate and avoid the closing costs? I mean, sure, those are calculations that a robot can do. But at some time, I think most people in the end, you know, we get a lot of business of people that start online with somebody. They'll call cash call or they'll go to Quicken or get pre-qualified with some internet bank that appears to be better, you know. But basically what you find out is that that kind of internet advertising is just trolling for people that are just going to call and, you know, get become one of the people in going through the the system or process whereas with us um, you're going to come in and see some people, <laughs> people that have made it their livelihood to do this and to do it well and to do it. I think, you know, I, I always want to celebrate this fact because it's, it's something that is so valuable is having accountability. Somebody that's having a tough time or having a great time for them to be able to walk into your office and either hold you accountable or demand some performance or bring you a gift basket because you did a great job. I mean, there's so much value to that face-to-face -face interaction. And I really think that a lot of people, 
require that. I'm one of those people. I like that. I like dealing with people um, and seeing people. And I always tell my clients, you know, we can do this whole thing without ever seeing each other or even talking on the phone. I mean, we can do this whole thing by uh, internet, but I know that I'm a little bit happier when I know the person that I'm working with and I've met them face to face. And at the same time, um, it, it just makes for a better transaction where, you know, people will say and do things and not say and not do things over email and those impersonal ways of communicating um, because of that anonymity. Whereas when you're face to face, I think people genuine, they try to use their best self. Well, I, I feel like I had a real world example of that this week. I got called by the bank that owns my equity line in my home. And they wanted to tell me about some upcoming changes to the equity line and things like that. And I could just tell that the person was following a script. You know, there wasn't a lot of original thought. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, Mr. Podesto, we're calling today to tell you, Mr. Podesto, (laughs) that your line of credit is going to change on this date. And you're, you're just sitting there going, Oh yeah. It's, and you could kind of tell that they're fishing for a refinance opportunity or something, you know, some other type of cross-selling business opportunity. And and I wasn't taking the bait, but I, it just, it wasn't a, a, an enjoyable transaction. I mean, it wasn't getting off on the right foot. It wasn't going anywhere where I would want to continue it to go. And it, yeah, that's just kind of how those things go. They might sound good when you see the ad and see the impossibly low interest rate or whatever but when you get down to it you're really just dealing with a person who isn't around here who isn't even highly skilled at what they do they're more like a call center person they're qualified to be answering phones and addressing people but not speaking about financial services or even specifically mortgage and they just once you get deeper into that kind of transaction where it's that internet based or online or phone call driven type of communication, it becomes very painful very quickly because you still have to go through that same process with someone who's unskilled. Yeah. I had a, I had kind of a similar thing this week too. And, and honestly, this has been happening for a little while now, but, um, I have an FHA loan on my house and I, can't really refinance it because my low my my interest rate is so low that I it's just not a loan I can let go um and I have the old FHA loan where the mortgage insurance is possible to cancel after 5 years so I've it all charted out I know exactly what I do to make it stop on the 60th month and then my loan becomes like I mean outrageously great And I get these solicitations literally every day from these different mortgage companies, and they're so misleading. Um, And one of the things about it is um, I meant to talk about FHA, and I I still am going to save the chunk of this for the next segment. But you know, last year FHA cut the – or this year, beginning of this year, they cut the cost on their mortgage insurance, the monthly mortgage insurance um, it was kind of booked as one of the, you know, the great big announcements that Obama even talked about it, um, at press conference that they're taking 50 basis points off of the 135 basis point mortgage, um, insurance premium, which really that change made FHA relevant. 
It did. Again. It really did. Here's a here's one of the catches, though, and this is the part I think people really um, fail to realize is that that with the reduction came another guideline that says that for the most part, people are going to have this mortgage insurance for the life of their loan, right? So here I am, like I obviously I know all about the mortgage business. I know loan programs and I wish there was mortgage jeopardy. I'd be the kin on mortgage jeopardy. Um, but I get this solicitation that says, hey, you're eligible to lower your FHA mortgage insurance. And you can do so by refinancing with this program right here where there's no fees, no this, no that. Don't document your income. Don't get an appraisal all this thing. Um, and your mortgage insurance is going to go down by 50 basis points. And I'm like thinking to myself, how many people are falling for this? If you have one of those FHA loans like mine where your mortgage insurance is going to go away soon, do you want it to go away in a year and a half or two years or um, and pay at the current level? Or do you redo it today to save, you know, well, I mean, what is it? 40, is that 40%? Something close to that. Is it? 50 basis points off and. 35, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's okay. a savings. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, it's a hundred, 200 bucks a month. But you got to like look at the big picture here. This loan you could potentially have for another 25 years. There's no amount of cutting your mortgage insurance in half for 30 years that's better than getting rid of it. Getting rid five. of it after two or five or maybe yeah. even 10, whatever it takes. <clears throat> Um, that kind of marketing is so misleading. And those are the kind of things, if you were using a robot, <laughs> just going online and doing the whole thing and using somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, um, you might really fall into that pitfall. We get a lot of phone calls at our office, people with FHA loans that say, hey, I keep getting these solicitations. I'm ready to refinance my house. Can you guys do a refinance loan for me? And I look at it and I say, hey, you're on the old FHA mortgage insurance that's going to stop. And when it does, this deal that you have becomes a phenomenal deal. And if you just refinance that today into a new FHA loan, you're going to have mortgage insurance forever. So let's take a pause and decide what what is it about your life plan that makes you so sure that you're going to be done with this house in a few years? Because maybe then we could make an argument. You know, If you knew you were going to sell your house, now saving 200 bucks a month today could be a big enough reason to give up, you know, the 30 year security of that loan, knowing that it's not going to have mortgage insurance after a few, right? Um, it's those kind of things. It's, it's seeing those opportunities and being able to prevent those things. Those are things I think that humans do. I, I'm not convinced that those are things that computers do. I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe computers are just a lot smarter than I think they are. But I feel like that's part of that human intuition thing of being able to line up a lot of different variables and be able to decide which one makes the right right reason. And sp- As you were talking about all this, I, the thought kept coming back into my head that, you know, we're talking about robots taking over jobs that are done by humans today and you know if that could bleed into the mortgage industry one thing that i think 
robots don't lack well what they lack is that ability to just have a, a conscience you know be able to give someone the true and correct answer but then i realized they're only as good as whoever's programming, programming them. them so if the person who's programming like a thousand robots happens to be a devious manipulative person they're gonna get devious manipulative robots and if someone's you know got a good conscience and always trying to do the right thing that's gonna get into there but that's that's you know what may be missing if you've got big bad you know mega bank programmer <laughs> deploying their mortgage bots out <laughs> to you 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 may not be getting the most true and accurate answers from them whereas you know when it's i don't know this is getting <laughs> Often left. If field. I were in one of the CFPB meetings today, I would, you know, they just did this whole big disclosure shakeup thing, right? Get rid of the good faith estimate, get rid of the truth and lending statement, and now have this new um, loan estimate and closing disclosure process. I would want one going out that, um, basically tells these people about that mortgage insurance deal. Hey, if you have this loan and you're refinancing into this loan, you're potentially sacrificing a lot. And here's how and why. These solicitations these companies are sending out are crazy misleading. I wonder how many people have been hoodwinked into doing that deal. Um we get in, in, you know, customers that get loans with Central Coast Lending go on to get solicitations from other companies afterwards. And one of the things I like to tell everybody is um, when you get those things in the mail, especially if you're considering responding, give us a call. Um, you can take a picture with your with your iPhone and text it to me. Um, those little fake tax bill looking things. There's lots of weird stuff that you get when you buy a home or do a refinance of a home. Um, and I mean, as a as somebody that does this for a living and is also a homeowner, I get some of this stuff, and I'm like, wow, that it's looks misleading so you, right? official. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it looks so official and it looks like I got to send somebody some money or sign up for a new service or that I should, you know, I'm going to lose everything if I don't respond to this solicitation or something. So I tell all of our, our clients is, um, go ahead and call us when you get one of those things. Like right now, everybody's calling about the tax bills. Yep. Should I be paying my tax bill? Yeah. You know, what is it? We're talking a lot about that. Um, so yeah, call us. We're your resource. We're going to do the uh, commercial break here for the top of the hour. It's a five-minute break. So get out there and get some fresh coffee. Do whatever you got to do. When we get back, we'll have another hour of Mortgage Matters. Stick around. tuned into Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your host, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, welcome back. Going to pick up the pace a little bit for this next hour. We're going to get excited. 
Maybe we should do this show standing. Do people ever do radio shows standing so they can just be? I mean, yeah, just we into actually it. do. Like, do radio shows standing sometimes. I would imagine yeah. that just is going to just step the game up. You know. I think you guys all need to do some more smiling. Yeah, I'm trying I'm to. I'm often told that smiling comes through the microphone. Yeah. So let's smile right now. So we're saying all these words. Oh, I hear it. I hear it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really like. Smile on purpose without getting in a better mood and laughing a little. It's, yeah. a, it's a good thing to do. That's what everybody needs to do is just smile a little bit more. Just be go. a little bit happier. Hey, right before the break, you started talking about tax bills. I don't want to talk about taxes. We we have to. Everybody, everyone is getting. Every homeowner it, is getting. You a tax just. Bill in the I'm mail trying right. to smile, and now you're <laughs> now talking you're about things that taxes. steal my smile. I know. I don't like. Tax. But it's just, it's Property necessary. Taxes. It's that yeah. time of year. Property yeah, a taxes. lot of phone calls um, for the last couple of weeks in the office here. I think most everybody got their tax bill. Property taxes, they become payable on November 1 and due December 15. No darn fooling around. That's how you're supposed to remember it. That's right. N-D-F-A. That's right. What does that mean? First installment. Becomes payable in November, due in December. Yep. Yeah. Second installment becomes payable in February, due in April. And if you don't pay them when they're due, then you've been fooling around <laughs> and you get a 10% penalty. They'll lien your house for your past due taxes. Seconds. And then after five years, the then county can, take can sell your yeah. home to pay the past due tax bill. Now, if you have an impound account, where, and I do. Where you make one twelfth of your property tax payment every month with your mortgage payment, and then it's just held by your mortgage company until the the bill becomes due. Um, if your mortgage company fails to pay it, they owe it. They owe it. They owe the penalty, and it's all on them. That's right. So that's one of the advantages of having an impound account. Can you do that even if you don't have a mortgage? An impound like, account? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, because no. somebody would have to administer it. I'm sure there's a third party I bet there's a service, service that would do it for you. Yeah. But then there's a fee on top of that. Yeah. Probably. So. I'll tell you what. I, he, what I, you could do is just set up a property tax account within your, like a sub account of your bank account and pay one twelfth of it every month in there yeah. if you don't have a mortgage company. Man, I like having an impound account. And I, I always give this talk to, especially first time home buyers. Is you, you're just new to this rodeo here. Um, if you buy a house today in San Luis Obispo for $500,000, your mortgage, or I'm sorry, your property taxes are going to end up close to 1%. So $500,000 house, five grand a year. So now you got to pay $2,500 twice a year. Um, and of course I'm rounding off a little bit. It's this is actually a little bit low because most of our County appraises at about 1.05 for the assessment. I was going to say, I think on my bill, it said Morro Bay was one or my, my home was 1.09. Yeah. Right about there. 1.0809. Yeah. So you owe that and you owe that twice a year and you just, I mean, you hit it on the head, Dan, they're, they're due in December and they're due in April. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. No. I'm sorry. Our friend Marilyn just called back. She said that uh, they're due on December 10th, not the 15th. Oh, 10th. Sorry. The 10th. Yeah. And tax. Okay. IRS tax day is April 15th, but the 10th is for the the property taxes. Yeah. And okay. She said there's a penalty after December 10th. There we go. It's the so, 10th. I recognize 
that not everybody does the old, you know, stereotypical Christmas type of thing, but your first installment of your taxes is due like two weeks before Christmas. Yeah. That's typically a month where you're already going to be, I mean, at a minimum, you're, you're like, you're traveling, your kids are out of school, so you're spending more money because of that. Or if you don't have kids, you're going to Christmas parties, you're throwing a Christmas party, you're doing a holiday party, you're buying gifts, no matter what the deal, that's generally a month where you, you know, I mean, doesn't everybody budget for December a little bit? Like that's going to cost a little bit more dough. You better be ready for it. And then your second installment, I believe it's due on April one. So two weeks before your taxes are due. All of a sudden, if you've got to pay taxes, now you're going to pay, you're going to be writing a check for that on the same month. You're just compounding your problem by having to pay your property taxes too. So in the cons column, paying your impound account is money out of your household, out of your management every month, right? So you lack that interest earning opportunity. You lack that control of what is your money doing. For all, the- I'm just thinking of all those interest-earning opportunities oh, that yeah. exist today. Oh, yeah. There's so many. Um, pros column, if you have an impound account, you don't have to worry about that. It's sort of normalized over the year. You, Like you said, you're paying a 12th of your homeowner's insurance, a 12th of your property taxes every month. So when it comes due... Um, and this is what the calls are about the, right now is many of our clients that got a new loan set up in an, an impound account where they're paying that they're, they're still receiving of, a tax bill. Yeah. And they're like, well, am I supposed to pay this or and so here's, company? here's the deal is you can't, I can't really just tell those people, no, don't worry about that. Um, we got to talk a little bit about that bill. Um, where what does it look like? Can you send me a picture of it? I want to be sure before I just tell somebody because one of the other things that happens is there are supplemental tax bills that flow around. Um, and I'm not positive about the schedule of the supplemental tax bill. I know that mine, like I, I feel like it has something to do when you buy your home and when it gets reassessed and when you ultimately pay. But I think the supplementals were in... I want to say that it was like uh, July and September or something like this. But anyway, supplemental tax bills, your impound account will not pay. They don't have the funds for it. They weren't anticipating it. It's your responsibility to pay it. So we always need to be really careful. And this is, again, this is why I tell my clients when they call me up and say, I got a tax bill. Hey, can, you, can you just snap a quick picture of it and email it to me or text it to me? Or I can go online and look at the tax rolls in town and see you know, what's going on. But um, supplemental taxes are always a fun conversation. I like to explain <laughs> what happens here. Um, and I'm going to, again, I'm going to use round numbers to make the illustration. But let's just say that Dan owns a house that he's had for 30 years. And his basis in this thing is 100 grand. So at his tax rate of 1.09%, which we're going to round down to one, your taxes on your $100,000 house, thousand bucks, a year. thousand bucks a year. Now we're in 2015 and Dan's ready to, to move inland. So, you know, get closer to the hospitals or whatever. So he decides he's going to sell this house to me for 700 grand. And I'm thrilled. It's a great opportunity. Beautiful house, great ocean view. Um, I don't need to be close to the hospitals or whatever. So I'm like, I'll buy it. Um, I 
have now bought his house for $700,000 as of whatever day. Let's call it May 5th. That's like the best day of the year. Um, <laughs> on May 5th, right? Well, your house was already assessed and was assessed at your tax rate on your basis and you have your $1,000 tax bill. Well, now here we are later in the year. I've been in the house for several months and all of a sudden the assessor finally comes around and says, hey there, Mr. Grody, you have a tax base of $7,000 a year, and you made your first installment there of 500 bucks based on what Mr. Podesto's bill was, so you owe us three grand. And here's the, the little coupon for it. You're going to do this, you know, this time and next time until you're the now legal owner for the whole tax year. And will assess based on you. So on your tax bill, it always does say who the assessed owner is, right? But if you've acquired the house this year, there's a very high likelihood you're going to receive a supplemental tax bill. And like I said, your impound account, regardless, they don't pay that. Your responsibility is to pay your supplemental tax bill. This is why we need to be able to look at the actual bill that you're receiving and decide whether or not this one is your responsibility. Uh, and by the way, you don't always receive a supplemental tax bill. I mean, the majority of the time you do, there are some cases where you don't. And let's just say this, um, Dan bought his house and in my new scenario here, Dan bought his house in 2006 for $700,000. And then his adjustable rate loan and all these things causing all these problems. And in 2007 or eight or nine, he sells me the house for $500,000, right? A short sale. Um, I am under that same, your, that assessment that's in your name is for a $700,000 house, but I just bought it for 500,000. I'm going to pay taxes this year on your base of 700 grand, though I only acquired it for 500 grand. So actually we'll end up with a, a like a tax credit towards, yeah, yeah. And so in those cases, that's the situation where you won't owe supplementals, but think about the vast majority of transactions you got to just bank on, you're going to owe a supplemental tax bill that first year. Um, and, and just to kind of round out the discussion about that supplemental tax thing, because I, I think it's confusing for an awful lot of people, but when we set up an impound account, when you buy that house, like going back to my first scenario where I'm buying your $100,000 house for $700,000, right? The mortgage company, Central Coast Lending, or any other mortgage company that sets up an impound account is going to collect taxes on your um, anticipated tax rate. In fact, we use a calculation of one and a quarter percent. Um, that's kind of the industry standard because it's the maximum. It's the maximum allowable for that, you know, unless you have any special assessments. Even like, with special assessments, I believe one and a quarter percent is the maximum. If you have like mellow ruse and stuff, it can go higher than that. But one okay. and a quarter is really the highest, right? So we budget on that, and we collect and st establish an impound account with that kind of money. So if we take five months worth of property taxes and charge that to you as prepaids, in in that scenario where I was, you know, describing my paying seven hundred thousand for the house that your tax base is a hundred thousand on, five months worth of my property taxes at seven hundred bucks a month—that's thirty five hundred dollars that gets set aside. 
when the bill comes, the the supplemental or I mean sorry, the tax bill comes, they pay five hundred bucks. So now the mortgage company's sitting on three thousand bucks of mine that didn't pay, yet I'm responsible for my supplementals. So what happens is at the end of that period, you know, it's usually the the first of the year or something, the mortgage company has to go through and reconcile because it's a trust account. They can't be sitting on overage. They're not able to pay your supplementals. So generally speaking, if you set up an impound account, you're going to pay, you're going to be responsible to pay your supplementals. But then during that same period, you usually get a refund from your impound account. That first year is always a little bit weird with an impound account. After that, we now know, okay, the assessment is now in your name. So this is a lot more predictable. The servicer will change the mortgage payment to match just exactly what the property tax needs, not a dollar more or a dollar less, um, and, and be ready to make that happen. And then every couple years, well, every once a year, they do a, a, another reconciliation. Right. And usually it's just going up by that cost of living increase. Yeah. So your property taxes are going to go up a little bit, or maybe your homeowner's insurance gets more expensive too. So sometimes, and then sometimes still they'll give you a little catch up amount. Like, hey, your impound account was because of these changes deficient by $300. So we're going to raise your mortgage payment for by 30 this year month. by, well, 30 bucks to catch it but then 30 bucks of what it really needed to be. So you're going to have 12 months of an extra 60 bucks a month where it'll then be corrected down to 30. So it, it gets played with a little bit. It's not that big of a deal, but tell you what I like about it. I don't have to make my, I don't have a unusual spike in liabilities for December or April. I also don't have to worry about um, being the responsible party that's late for the 10% penalty. If it's late, it ain't my fault. Somebody else is going to pay that bill. Um, so, yeah, first-time home buyers usually a pretty good idea to look at establishing an impound account. Um, people usually ask a question too: is um, well, are they optional and can I cancel it? And the answer is, is um, they usually are optional if your down payment is more than ten percent. Uh, yeah. If your down payment is less than ten percent, generally not optional. It's a requirement. You're have in the to state have of California it. At yeah. That point. And then usually, so same logic, if you get one, like I, we have a client right now that she's never had one before, but it sounds kind of sweet to not have to have that um, tax payment due. So I said, well, yeah, do it because you can set it up. And then if you don't like it, you can cancel it later. In this case, these people have about 50% equity in their home. So, so it's no servicer is going to be able to say, you guys have to have this. Um, so if it doesn't work out and in their case, the things we talked about, why they might like to cancel it, you know, they're on a fixed income. So what if some income declines or what if some income, you know, just changes or some other expense arises and at some point they're like, wow, would be really nice to not be held to the fire on this every month. You know, instead of paying this extra 200 bucks a month, we'd rather go back to paying the you know, $600 twice a year. So that's an option there. Um, yeah, I've had mortgages both ways. I've had them with and without impound accounts. And I think it really comes down to that. You have to have a little conversation with yourself. Are you good at budgeting and managing 
your your money if so then you could just you know go either way right if if you know that you have trouble in that area i'd i definitely lean towards doing an impound account yeah in you know it, i think most of the times where buying a house is where people really have that gut check too and yeah and on a first time home buyer i think it's a great idea just because there's so many things that you have to get used yeah. to with home ownership that let's not make those let, let's reduce your worries by two well yeah don't so, worry about the insurance don't worry about the taxes so i'll right get now. these first time home buyers that call me up and they say i want to get i want to get approved to buy a house i say okay well you know among many things one of the first questions is what are you wanting to pay every month and they say well you know i'm used to paying 1650 and i've done a budget and i think 2200 dollars a month is like where i'm comfortable okay and so 2200 bucks a month, including the taxes and the insurance or not. And so now we have to have that conversation. And most of the time, this is where, this is where people, first time home buyers get most sticker shock, by the way, they, they start using mortgage calculators. Like, oh man, 2,500 bucks a month. Hey, look at that. I'm going to buy a, a $500,000 house. And then they come on in and you're like, Hey champ with a $500,000 house. It's like, yeah, it was you know, X amount of dollars. So we put on the taxes and the insurance. And when you start to look at your life, they're like, you're kidding me. The taxes are $500 a month. Oh, yeah, champ. That's more than your car payment. You're going to, that's a lot of money. You need a budget for that. And if you're not, like you said, have a real look in the mirror. If you can't say definitively, I'm a good saver and I have good self-control. I'm disciplined enough to set this aside and not get into it. Um, Maybe then you can talk about having a budget, you know, where you're not taking taxes and insurance into consideration. If you are the kind of person that's like, well, every time I've ever had a savings account, like it goes good for like nine months and then it's shot, uh, you ought to probably just hold yourself to the fire and make sure that that part's just being budgeted in there every single month. Um, so yeah, it goes either way. Typically speaking, by the way, um, you usually get a little bit lower closing costs on your loan if you set up an impound account. Um, and the rationale is really simple. As a lender, I want you to have an impound account. It's actually pretty important to me. And here's why. Um, if your mortgage payment and your taxes and your insurance are all tied together, the first mortgage payment you miss with me, I know the status of everything, okay? I, it's easy for me to figure out how to solve my problems. What we find is when people finally miss their mortgage payment, because they're having trouble, you know, spouse has cancer, lost a job, whatever happened, happened. Um, now the mortgage is late, so you start to dig in and you're like, wow. So problem's been going on for about two yeah. years. The home is uninsured now, and the property taxes are two years past due. And as the lender, I, I'm ultimately going to be on the hook for that, right? Because I'm going to have to sell this property. And in selling it, we're going to have to cure any deficiencies with the property. So from that standpoint, it's really important to us that um, we understand what's going on there. And there's some attempted fail safes in there to make sure that we don't get surprised when someone hasn't paid their property taxes or insurance for the better part of a year. Um, but there's no better way than knowing because you write me your check. And if your check includes taxes and insurance, I know they're current. I'm the one paying them. If 
I don't get your check. I know now that we don't have any of these three items and it's time to really start to figure it out. So that's why ultimately why you get a little bit of an incentive with companies to go ahead and set that up. Um, you know, in the end though, for most people, it's, it's something that you decide. It's a one more, uh, and by the way, could a robot have that conversation with you? I don't think so. Yeah, probably not. Those are the kind of things. I mean, that, that's the kind of s- the the straight talk that you get out of people that um, I tell this all the time to my clients is that I, I'm not the decision maker in this. I'm merely a facilitator. I'll tell you the ins and outs of each of these things. And this might cost or that might cost. This is the headache. This happens, you know, here or there. You're ultimately making those decisions. Our job is just to give you all the information. And I'm not sure that a robot ever does a good job of that. Yeah, they're going to be able to read your pay stub and calculate your income, but woohoo. Agreed. All right, uh, let's do a commercial break now. Um, I still want to tell you about FHA. All right. <laughs> we touched on it a little bit, but uh, I've got some stuff to talk about. I know you're shocked. So let's go ahead and do a commercial break here. We'll be out for a couple minutes. So uh, stick around after a short break for more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. This is Jason Grody with Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. As mortgage experts, we can help you refinance your home or investment property. We can lower your rate, shorten your term, or get rid of your mortgage insurance. Don't miss the opportunity to improve your financial situation. Call Central Coast Lending today. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing opportunity real estate broker. California Bureau of Real Estate number 018-39608. NMLS number 328358. State of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. One, two, three, four. <laughs> One, two. Let me tell you how it will be. 
Mortgage Matters, we've got 30 minutes left with you today on this beautiful Saturday. A week away from Halloween. Already talked about a few little Halloween things to do. There's the Los Osos Middle School Area 55 Haunted Maze thing, which will be pretty fun out there for the kids. Cambria, the Scarecrow Festival. Ah, that's right. I did that last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're everywhere. There's like over a hundred or two hundred scarecrows around the town. It's awesome. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a good way to go out and just hang out in Camry and Yeah, you you just walk the main drag. It's great to get outside, enjoy the fresh air, and you know all that Cambria has to offer. Cambria, yeah. Cambria, Cambria, Cambria. However, you prefer however you to pronounce it. it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, how do you say it? I say Cambria, mm-hmm. but I know some people who live there who pronounce it Cambria. And yeah. so they've got me second guessing how I say it. Cambria. At least I don't say Cayucos. That place is expensive. Yeah. yeah I was is. up in, um, I, I call it Cambria. I don't know. Yeah, I call Cambria. it Cambria. Um, we were up there. The The boys are playing uh, baseball. They're in fall ball right now. So we played Cambria. I guess it was two weeks ago now. And we went up. The Scarecrow thing was great, by the way. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, they had to be there like an hour and a half before the game. So then... Um, me and my girls drove around and we were just looking at all the scarecrows and by using the term scarecrows kind of liberally now yeah it's more than just scarecrows i mean one the bike shop has like three bicycles that have i love that one robots pedaling so that's something robots can do pedal a bicycle on display for halloween uh but (laughs) the um the minions uh-huh. or a mermaid or yeah. you know the like star wars yeah characters. all that yeah. stuff and all and it's fun it's a, it's a lot of fun especially you know i think for kids that are with that age but anybody hopefully would enjoy it because it's just it's cool it's creative yeah. and, and and it's also cool that it's a it's kind of a community-wide thing yeah. you can tell some people are are getting into participating in that that's pretty fun Last year they had um, at the grammar school they had Alfred Hitchcock with a bird on his shoulder. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. You know, that's cool. You had something that you're just dying to tell us about FHA loans, and I'm on the the edge of my chair wondering what could it be. Well, so interestingly enough, I you know I, I was putting together show notes for today, and I start looking through here, and um, there's an awful lot about. Uh, so Freddie Mac, you're familiar with Freddie Mac. Yeah, Uncle Freddie. Freddie Mac is entering an agreement with Quicken right now to do some testing on doing a like expanding their 3% down program. What do you think about that? There There's been this movement towards I mean the, one of the biggest hurdles of new first-time home buyers today is that the down payment requirements as these homes get more and more expensive, they might be able to afford the payment debt service of the property with all of its expenses on a monthly basis, but saving up, I mean, 20% down on a $700,000 house, that's kind of a life's mission, right? So keep trying to figure out how to make it a little more attractive. And in the end, when you kind of zoom back and you look at this stuff, you got to check that out. The programs here are all gearing themselves towards people having very little down payments. Yeah, like a 5% down. Yeah, and and it sort of starts to tweak you a little bit where you're like are we are we doing this wrong is it getting you know are we letting go of that 
wanting the buyers to have skin in the game thing to keep it to keep it comfortable and safe as an industry. Um, FH, FHA, you know, this program has kind of come in and out of favor through the years. For a little while, the loan amount was too low. And then, um, you know, because the max loan amount just wasn't it, – it never matched what you could do with like a, a conforming loan or even better yet, one of the old Alt-A loans or something. But then additionally, it has that mortgage insurance, right? And there's an upfront mortgage insurance cost to it and a monthly mortgage insurance cost. They're pretty expensive. So you say, well, why would somebody get an FHA loan? You know, I, I always – I know I've said this before on the show. My favorite way to describe how we pick – loan programs in the company for people is like the Price is Right Plinko board. FHA is like the crap prize at the bottom that everybody gets. Like you can't drop your puck through the game without being eligible for FHA. Um, sometimes somebody have something specifically that's going to rule them out. But for the most part, people that get FHA loans are people that are having some kind of a credit issue or a debt to income issue or some other just kind of funky thing where getting the normal loan or, or a low down payment, honestly. Um, so there's been some data released this week about FHA that I, that I thought was kind of interesting. So this goes through the end of August, right? This is, uh, you know, the first eight months of 2015. Um, and, and by the way, it was January of 2015 that um, FHA reduced the annual insurance premium, the mortgage insurance premium, from 1.35%, which we use, I usually call 135 basis points. They reduced it by half a percent. In other words, it's now 85 basis points. So what that factor means is you're going to take your loan amount and for sake of round numbers, let's call it a hundred thousand bucks under the old mortgage insurance premium at 1.35%. Your mortgage insurance would be 135 bucks a month. Now that they cut it out here, um, down to 0.85%, your hundred thousand dollar loan is now going to have monthly mortgage insurance of 85 bucks a month. So it's a little bit more affordable. I mean, consider a $400,000 house, multiply each of those figures times four. You're talking mortgage insurance of 500 bucks a month, um, you know, versus 300 bucks a month. That, that becomes a bit of a spread where you could see that that's going to attract some more people. Uh, it's not, and by the way, it's still life of loan mortgage insurance for most people. So you got to remember that when we have these conversations, but so Let's check in. We had eight months now of these new lower premiums. What do you think is going on with FHA? Um, according to FHA, so these numbers are coming straight from them, compared to the previous year, 2014, FHA purchase volume, so loans being used to buy real estate with an FHA loan, are 24% higher for the first six percent or six months of the year. Um, that's pretty good. Would you like to grow your income or business by 24% sure. over last year? You betcha. That's pretty great. Total volume is up 50% for the same time period, which means even people that have, uh, if you're refinancing, by the way, into an FHA loan, you usually have an FHA loan. You don't see too many people refinance from a conventional loan into an FHA loan. Unless, of course, they had, you know, maybe you had a conventional loan and then you had a bankruptcy a couple years ago. 
for most uh, most loan programs, you need to be about four years away from a bankruptcy to be getting the average um, qualification standards. On FHA, it's only two years. So sometimes people are going to refinance into FHA, but that's not the norm. Um, so I don't want to deviate too much from my point here, but like I was saying earlier about people refining into a new FHA loan, they might be going from mortgage insurance that's going to end to mortgage insurance that never ends by doing that refi. So the fact that they've their total volume is up 50% where purchases only accounted for 24%, I think a lot of people are getting hoodwinked into getting that real bad mortgage insurance deal. But uh, anyway... Over 54% of the loans that FHA did in this um, first eight months of the year went to borrowers with credit scores at or below the 680 mark. What percentage? Um, at or below 680. And what percentage of people? 54%. Hmm, okay. Yeah. So, uh, and by the way, 680 credit score, I mean... That's on the low end of what we see typically. Well, I, I wouldn't say the low end. That's below what we typically see. Yeah, around here anyway. Um, we generally the, are seeing scores. The average national credit score is 680. I mean, that's that's the middle of the road. But you got to remember, that takes into account everybody, including people that have young credit profiles and you know, even people as they get older and stop using credit, we see credit profiles begin to to kind of wither away a little bit. But so anyways, they're basically more than half of their clientele is at or below average credit score. So not excellent credit scores, not good credit scores, but the average ones. Well, and that's where FHA really provides value. Right. Is below that because they're not as credit sensitive They're As long as you meet the minimum profile, you get the same interest rate as anyone with great credit, whereas on conventional, it's very different. It's all about evaluating yeah. risk. And the lower your credit score is, the more expensive that conventional loan is going to be. And it's going to be less and less attractive to the lower credit profile. That's absolutely right. In fact, when, you know, and usually to have a 680 credit score, um, I'm going to speak generally. If you have a 680 credit score, usually either had some major credit issues like a a short sale, a bankruptcy, or like a repossession or something like four years ago. And you're, yeah, you're in recovery, right? Yeah. Now. So you're, everybody's, <clears throat> your score is intended to be kind of cautioning people like, hey, this dude had some issues, but is on the mend. And so, you know, kind of creditor beware. We think it's a safe bet, but, you know, do, do what you got to do to make a good decision here. Um, credit scores up in the 700s are like green light, man. Sign for these people. They have unbelievable credit. So generally, if you have a 680 credit score, you've had some kind of whack on your credit somewhere along the way. And for Fannie Mae loans, it's so dependent on how much equity you have, right? If you have a really low credit score, you better have a lot of equity. Um, if you have a really high credit score, then you can have less equity and still good, good terms for FHA. Like you said, it's kind of like almost everybody just gets the same deal. It's like, it doesn't, does, it's not too dependent on just your credit score and it tolerates those other things. So this really begs the question then of if FHA is gaining market share, I would argue at a rapid pace, 
right? I mean, if you're exceeding last year's production by 24% uh, as a result of expanding these uh, mortgage insurance programs to be cheaper and, um, you know, making homes more affordable, what does that mean to the portfolio? Uh, so far, the portfolio is performing pretty well. The FHA loan uh, program has its lowest level of delinquencies since the beginning of the recession here. Um, and so everybody's kind of cautiously watching to see how how FHA sort of makes its way through this. Um, and then lastly, kind of an interesting thing, um, we forget this stuff, but uh, FHA took $1.7 billion in taxpayer subsidy two years ago. That's a pretty good drop in the bucket, right? I mean... Imagine if the taxpayers gave our company 1.7 billion. I could get some stuff done. <laughs> um, so FHA is back in the black. They're uh, doing pretty good. Their volume is up 50%. Um, they're gaining market share. They're in the black, no longer needing the subsidy. And in June alone, just this last June here, FHA made 65,000 loans for first-time homebuyers. So... The takeaway here is that this program is one that uh, it is available for first-time homebuyers, especially if you're going to be looking for uh, a credit program where you have a score. Maybe your credit score is in that 680 or less mark. You're almost certainly going to um, have FHA be one of your more attractive options. So um, we do those. That's what I wanted to say about that, Dan. I just say all that was the setup to we do those, don't we? We do. We do a lot of them. Um, as much as I talk about FHA, like it's uh, not the greatest or, you know, it's the catch-all program or the dumping ground for the people that can't qualify for anything else. Uh, at the same time, like you saw in these numbers right here, in June alone, 65,000 first-time homebuyers bought a house because of FHA. Well, quite honestly, I've I've caught myself since FHA has made this change thinking of FHA in its former self. Um, the new FHA program is a really good program, especially for a first-time buyer. It's the rates on FHA are typically a half a point lower than a conventional loan. And it's just, that's just the way government loans are. They're usually about a half a percent lower in interest rate. So today, if you were getting a 4% conventional 30-year fix, you could get a 3.5% FHA 30-year fix at roughly the same cost. That's just how it is. The difference is in the mortgage insurance. With the reduction in the monthly premium from 1.35 to 0.85, it's very much in line with it what falls in conventional, line with what mortgage conventional insurance is. would be with the same minimum that's down right. payment. Yep. So monthly payment wise it's actually often a, a a slightly lower monthly payment the difference is when that if that mortgage insurance can go away and on a conventional loan it can once you've hit that 20ish percent equity mark whether by principal paydown or home appreciation fha it never goes away regardless of what you do until you've paid the loan off right um that's the difference. So for a lot of people, especially a first-time home buyer, they're buying a home as their entry-level home, not their forever home. Great way to get in. They're not going to be there forever, so they don't care that the mortgage insurance is going to last forever. It's just a stepping stone. It's great. 
it's comparable to what you could do conventionally on a monthly payment basis. For people who are buying their forever home, it may not be the best opportunity or, or you know, the best option for them. Right. So that's where the difference is. But it's when I, I, want... I have to change my thinking because I'm so used to FHA being a big disadvantage with the much higher mortgage insurance. Yeah, I agree. You know, one of the troubles that I have with that line of thinking, though, about how long are you going to own this home and, you know, is it worth it or not? We're in this season where these interest rates are crazy low. And I really do think in a couple years time, we're going to look back at when you could buy real estate and get a home loan, a 30 year fix for 4%. You're going to look back and go, man, what a deal. And, you know, people that are buying and using FHA, they want to, if it's got life of loan mortgage insurance, don't you want to refinance out of it as soon as you can where you're going to get rid of your mortgage insurance ideally without raising your interest rate, right? You want to do that. That's just, that's good business. But let's look forward. Let's go forward like three years time and interest rates are 7% for that same loan. You're going to stay with what you have and keep paying your mortgage insurance because your three and a half percent FHA loan plus life of loan mortgage insurance is still cheaper than the current market interest rate. So some people are going to get kind of caught with getting stuck with a loan they intended to get rid of. And I realize it's I mean, that's not a big, big deal, but that's at least part of what caused some of the problems for this first housing recession was that, you know, people had a loan that said, oh, yeah, this is a temporary loan. I'm going to I'm going to have this because I'm going to do X, Y and Z in two years. And then because of something that happened in the market, you know, like the home values were now declined to where you can't refi or something, you know, problems like that happen. So I always like people to to kind of keep in mind that you don't always get to execute your plan. So it's oftentimes best to just plan for worst case scenario of having that loan forever and what that means. Um, Jim, we got one more commercial break in there. We do. Yes, we do. Good. And you got like a, the perfect Halloween song for us already. Uh, I'm going to try to find something for us. Yeah. I'll get something in there. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, well, I'm ready to do a commercial break. Sounds awesome. Dan looks ready to do a commercial break. There's 12 think, minutes left of mortgage matters. I so. think it's a. I think it's a majority here that we're ready to do a commercial break. Yeah, let's all in favor. Yeah. Aye. say aye. Aye. Hands up. Dan's doing an email. He's real, <laughs> he's, he's ready real to do busy. a commercial break. Aye. Aye. <laughs> all right, here we go. We're gonna do a commercial break. We'll be back in a few uh, minutes with more mortgage matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. 
Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. What a state of generosity, look what my agent got for me, just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks, I couldn't ask for more, but now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical, like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. This is Jason Grody with Central Coast Lending. Give yourself the best possible chance to buy your dream home with our 21-day close. We get you fully pre-approved before you find your house so you can write a shorter, easier offer and beat out the competition. It's time for you to be the offer that gets accepted. Call Central Coast Lending today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543 Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing opportunity real estate broker. California Bureau of Real Estate number 018-39608. NMLS number 328-358. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Welcome back. Just just doing the Halloween theme here because, you know, we're... I, I was going to say we're festive, but yeah. I'm not even convinced that we're that festive. I don't identify as a festive person, but I think you just like to have the music be appropriate for... I, I some, love to have the music be appropriate. Some kind of theme or something. I'm going to try to remix this for next week and get the Vincent Price narration into this at the beginning, you know, because it comes way late in the song. Who's Vincent Price? Oh my God! My, Master of horror movies yeah. in the fifties and sixties. Oh, okay. he's awesome. He's I remember the guy watching that a couple voice. of those, but he he did a lot of silent films and stuff too, didn't he? Uh, he might have, yeah. I thought I I recall watching. You one. would know him if you heard his voice, definitely. I would, yeah, so, yeah, definitely. Very good right. horror. Yeah, so I'll try to mix it into this somehow for next week. Cool. Yeah. Thank there you. We are. Thank See, you. I mean, I'm here working on your show even when you're not here. I had no idea. Yeah. There it is. Really no idea. <laughs> um, you want to know something exciting? I do. Well, you already know. I'm just kind of, I was kind of, I was directing that a little bit more at like Jim, but uh, Jim, you want to know something really exciting? I would love to know something really exciting, Jason. I'm saying that with a smile on my face. Yeah. Uh, Central Coast Lending opened up a new office in Atascadero this last week. Awesome. Yeah. Yay. It's pretty cool. There you go. Yeah. It's a great little space. We're love it. It's just got 
excellent natural light. It's very clean and airy. I heard you guys had like, you know, a local artist putting a photography in there or something. Yeah, we did. Um, Matt, Matt Sansone, who's a, it's, he does photographic work, but, uh, it's cool. I, well, you got like pictures of the rock or something, stuff like that. Local, local landmarks. Yep ocean yeah it's not as much like man-made landmarks more as just like kind of nature scapes well yeah but the i don't know if it's uh i mean obviously the guy's an artist but um those cameras have got to be doing half the job man because these pictures are unbelievable the definition yeah. of the photos yeah. um it's just super cool so yeah um if anybody wants to drop on in and see us, we're right on uh, Sunken Gardens. East Mall is I'll the have road to come that see your new office. Yeah, Corner you know of El Camino Real and East Mall. Yeah, where the big city hall is now. The city hall's moved back in there. Yeah. By the way, that's a beautiful building too. Yeah. If you haven't been in there, go check that yeah, out. Yeah, we got to go in there the <laughs> they other day. For, did an amazing, <laughs> for they did an amazing job of fixing that. Yeah, it it's took a while, so but they did an amazing inside. job. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, new office there. We're really excited about it. Um, it's it's a, officially open for business. Yeah, it's open. It's fully functional. So, yeah, um, come on in and see us. Maybe talk about a loan. That'd be cool. Get qualified to buy a house. That'd be cooler. <laughs> do a loan. That'd be coolest. I'll have to go in there and check it out. Yeah, do it sometime. You should. I will. Um yeah, right on Sunken Gardens. You really can't miss it. Uh, awesome. It's a great little space. And, um, you know, it just the reason that we have the office here is uh, to try to be, you know, a little bit more convenient for anybody in the North County. You know, well, we already have an office in Paso Robles. But if you're wanting to, to come on in and see us in the office and, you know, do a face-to-face -face transaction. That's a pretty cool thing. We offer that. We still do that. Not the not the robot-y way. Um, you're going to get that good human interaction, that good person-to-person uh, -person accountability. And uh, we'd, we'd love to see you there. Um, I know I talk about this from time to time, but let me just tell you guys where I think the, the real obvious opportunities are today. I mean, first of all, I want to reiterate the offer I made earlier in the show, which is... If you're getting solicitations in the mail, no matter how official they look, um, I'm in this business and some of them seem awfully tricky to me. Um, you, you guys, I like to say, you know, you, as a listener of the show, you got a friend in the business here. So send us an email, show us a picture, maybe drop by with your bill, but let us take a look at whatever it is that you're looking at and maybe confused about. Um, and give you some advice. Uh, th that's the kind of things that we uh, can help you with. If you've got a loan that uh, has an interest rate, uh, what do you want to say, Dan? Where do you want to set this mark? An interest rate higher than you know, four and a quarter? Sure, four and a quarter, four and a half. Somewhere in that ballpark, if you've got a rate that high, let's talk about doing a refi. Not that my desire is to start you over in another 30-year loan. We can do loans of any length, right? Between you can pick 8 your and year. 30 years. Yeah, you can if pick your year. 27 is your magic number, let's do a 27-year loan. That way you could take advantage of getting a lower interest rate without being amortized back over a fresh 30 years. Um, and sometimes what we look at, you know, I, I had an ad for one of the ads we ran for a little while was an idea of mine that was like refinance into a higher payment. Uh, do I have your attention yet kind of thing. 
Why would you refinance into a higher payment? You know what? Sometimes your payment needs to go up by 10 or 50 or 100 bucks a month to shave off five full years of mortgage payments. You know, do that math. If your mortgage payment is $2,000 a month and we can do a refinance for you that shaves five years off of that, folks, that's a hundred grand. So, the opportunities are there today. Um, many of the the shorter term loans, like the 15-year loans, we're talking interest rates that are down around 3%. So if you are interested in just exploring it, come and see us, give us a call, uh, find us on the website. Let's talk about what potentially could be done for you. Um, I always try to tuck this in at the end. It's not our interest of making this show just one big infomercial, but uh, do remember that this is what we do for a living. It's a for-profit business. You know, we're excited to be a local employer providing jobs here in Slow County. And if you're thinking about doing a loan before you uh, go online or respond to some television ad or something like that, and even if you have responded to one of those, let us have a crack at it. Uh, the reason we're in business is because our terms uh, are very good. Our interest rates and fees, because of the structure of our company, are, are usually better than what you're going to get by going to to Quicken or, or one of those big companies. So. Just let us throw our hat in the ring. That's all we're looking for. Um, so, yeah, interest interest rate reasons, loan period reasons, mortgage insurance reasons, wanting to buy a, a vacation home or build a home, um, kind of anything to do with something that you're going to live in is the kind of stuff that we do, and we'd love to hear from you. 543-LOAN is the one phone number that rings all of our offices, uh, and centralcoastlending.com is our website, so check it out uh thanks much for the callers today thanks for being with us today here on the show if even if you didn't call and we'll be back next week for a spooky halloween edition of mortgage matters uh hopefully we'll see you there thanks everyone have a great week